This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Well, a standard orbit, Mr. Chekhov, and take us in. I say. You will obey. It is the word of Landru. Joy to you, friends. Welcome to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated show about the original Star Trek series. This is a show where we dive into the characters, concepts, cliches, and other things that don't start with C about the original series. My name is Drew, or Landrew. I'm the TOS editor for the network. With me today is my co-host Mike from Commentary Trek Stars. Hello. How's things in Chicago? They're going okay. Uh, yesterday I went to day one of the uh, Best Picture Showcase. Um, watched four Best Picture nominees going back next week for more. Of course, by the time this drops, uh, the winner will have been revealed. Hopefully, gravity will be victorious. I'd, I'd be, I'd be happy about that. Me too. Me too. I didn't get to see it though. I know we did the commentary together on uh, Children of Men, oh, yeah. and we said we were excited about it, but we just don't go to the theater very often. We right. don't work there, you see. <laughs> you got to see it. You got to see it in three D. There's a lot of places right now which are showing it, you know, for like one day only kind of things for the. Uh, best picture and it's totally worth seeing it on the big screen in 3d maybe more than any other movie and i don't think i'm exaggerating by saying that all right well it's snowing down here right now so i'm not particularly excited everything melted and we were going to wash our cars thankfully it was nice yesterday we helped a friend move oh that sounds uh, like fun their truck into their house and it was really nice outside but today it's like hi snow yeah i think we're supposed to get that on tuesday can't wait it's coming on it's going to be installed on tuesday Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh sure (laughs) well this week we've we've gonna we're gonna have an interesting discussion uh we decided that we were going to do not not a top 10 list but but a, a a marathon list i understand that the other show exclusive shows here on the network also do like a marathon of borg episodes and which would be Voyager. Sorry. To the journey. To the journey. Yeah. To the journey is the pioneer in this regard. And we're stealing from the best. So so we decided that we would not just have a, a marathon, but a marathon for people who've never seen Star Trek before. Yeah. And Mike and I took this uh, differently. Uh, my my list is more of a of people seeing it for the first time, just like an introduction, just a taste. Mm-hmm. And and Mike has has crafted this this beginning, middle and end arc of TOS, which is glorious. <laughs> right, right. Mine is sort of like a uh, um, if this is going to be the only time you ever watch Star Trek, then you know here here is the full story for you to enjoy. You know, now, Drew, you never really watched marathons. As growing up when they were on TV? No, I never... Live TV was never a huge event in my house. I mean, like, event television was, like, Super Bowl or whatever. I did see, like, uh, Trials and Tribulations live. But most of the time, I just watched things on on VHS. And so, no, I never really got into the, uh, you know, sci-fi movie marathon Thanksgiving Day things. Yeah, you know, they would do them occasionally for uh, Star Trek. Um, like, they would do a Next Generation Marathon. That was my first one. And then, you know, they did one for the original series. And um, the, the the original series one uh, was really my introduction to a lot of key episodes, you know. It was like a viewer's choice marathon. So you got to see The Trouble with Tribbles and where no man has gone before and balance of terror and city on the edge of forever. And, um, I had seen a decent number of them, but a lot of them I had never seen before. And I've always loved those marathons. You know, there are times now where they'll be like, 
just randomly they'll they'll say like they're showing 10 episodes of next generation on bbc america and i'll be like man you know my 13 year old self would hate me for not watching this but i don't have to because <laughs> i've got them all on dvd you know what would your 13 year old self say to blu-ray oh my god remastered I, i've i've thought about that so many times i mean the re the real one is netflix if if someone were to say to my 13-year-old self, here is every single episode of Star Trek ever made, I just don't know what I would do. I honestly think I probably wouldn't appreciate the shows as much as I do because I would be they'd be so disposable. I'd just watch them and then go on to the next and watch them go on to the next instead of having, you know, just like five tapes with, you know, five episodes each where that that's like all you get, you know. And you, you savor those five episodes. But what can you do? That's technology today. Kids are spoiled. Yeah. It's ruining them. But it also allows anybody who's listening to just have the marathon. Yeah, exactly. Of, of marathons of our choosing. We don't have to, like, vote on BBC America and, right. and hope that they choose our particular order. Yeah. And that was the other thing that I would do as a kid. In, in high school, my freshman year of high school, when I had absolutely no life, my big thing on Friday nights would be to watch five episodes of Star Trek, which all had, like, a similar theme, you know? So it could be a countdown, like the five best episodes of Deep Space Nine, or it could be, you know, a uh, a theme, like today's uh, show, you know? But we're not doing five, we're doing ten. Because, I mean, come on. Five is be. not enough. Yeah, I mean, yes, five would be five would be all of the original movies except for five. You know, <laughs> right? And 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 the other thing about that is, I mean, you got to be hardcore about this. I mean, yesterday, you know, for that best picture showcase, we watched four movies. I'm like four movies. That's hardly anything, you know? I mean, we barely... It's barely a marathon. We what? barely just sat down, you know? And now it's time to leave? Are I'm barely even hungry. Me? What are you talking about? Yeah. I, so, I mean, we need to do ten. 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 But uh, we didn't doing. stick to the movies, nor did we stick just to the series. We did... We allowed ourselves a combination of both. Anything. Any, any animated thing was on the table... You know, anything with, you know, Captain Kirk is the main character, essentially. Yes. No yeah. Shatner as himself, though. No. <laughs> Which will be coming soon. And Trek no Island. Galaxy Quest. I'm sorry, It's not Vegas. a Star Trek movie. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, it's... everyone who thinks they're clever by saying that Galaxy Quest is a Star Trek movie. It's not. <laughs> and that's not a knock on Galaxy Quest. It's just not a Star Trek movie. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so I'll go first. Um, here's my 10-episode-slash-movie marathon for new viewers of Star Trek as a taste, an introduction. Uh, Star Trek 101, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, as I was curating, I like the word curating, as I was curating this list, um, parsing down, I'm going to use a lot of big words, why not? <laughs> parsing down the list, you know, I just, first I copied... All of the episodes from Memory Alpha, and then I deleted all the ones that I didn't want to be in there. And then, you know, it just so happened to be that the order that they were in was almost theme based. So, so I, I switched the order of a couple episodes, and so it's almost chronological, which really doesn't matter in this anthology show kind of of environment. But it each they're grouped into four separate little themes. So uh, the first theme that I had was the crew. Just an introduction to the series in general. And that ended up with uh, the Corbomite Maneuver as the first move episode you should watch. I like Corbomite Maneuver better than... Cor I always call it like Carbonite. <laughs> I like Blast the Carbonite Maneuver. <laughs> Who are you, Boba Fett? <laughs> I'll show you the Carbonite Maneuver. I like the core of my maneuver because it. I like it better than than the pilots. I think. I think that it does uh, because one because it's got McCoy in it. So it's the first episode filmed with McCoy. I think it's got a lot of good banter between Spock and McCoy and Spock and Kirk. It uh, it shows the the unknown 
it, it's all about exploring the unknown. And I think that it's, it's good in that it explores the unknown for the audience too. Uh, especially like the modern audience, you look at Balok or what, how Balok appears on screen and it's, you know, a terrible looking puppet, you know, with some wavy effects in front of him. And you're like, Oh, that's a terrible looking puppet. But it, it goes against your expectations because it is actually in universe, a terrible looking puppet. It's supposed to be maybe not terrible looking, but it's supposed to be just a puppet. And I think that that, uh, the, the surprise reveal of Balok being Clint Howard is especially now in this, like, uh, you know, arrest development, post arrest development world. We know the Howard family pretty well. So I think, I think having a familiar face in the first episode, maybe we'll, uh, uh, bring them closer in. Yeah, I mean, I I don't necessarily know. I'm well. I definitely know that it's not better than the cage or where no man has gone before. But as an introduction, like the cage, obviously it, it has a completely different uh, crew, and then where no man has gone before kind of sets things up for the rest of the series in a sense by putting Spock in as first officer or whatever. Um, but for something like this where it needs to be condensed and you're you're trying to get a good uh handle on what the the series is on the whole uh right off the bat Carbamite maneuver seems to be a good first episode and it's also isn't that the episode that they wanted to be first yes it was the first episode they filmed but it took i think i read 5 months to do all of the effects yeah yeah which you know I mean think nowadays knock that kind of stuff out in three hours. Yeah. Oh, I need a big bubble ship. Big bubble ship. There you go. Yeah. Oh. Need the Enterprise flying by? Here it is. Uh, the second episode in the in the same introduction of the crew thing, I picked Trouble with Tribbles. I think that um, while it doesn't, isn't really representative, I mean, because it's kind of goofy and I didn't want to put eye mud in here, even though it's my favorite I didn't want to have, I didn't, I felt that maybe it was too goofy, but, but I wanted to show that the crew can have fun and while still telling a good story. And so I put uh, trouble with tribbles in there. All right. Uh, the third episode starts the next little arc and, uh, that's a Kirk arc. And, uh, number three is your favorite episode arena. Mm hmm. Because uh, you need to have, I think that Arena shows Kirk's um, captaincy. Why he's the captain is that he, even when separated from everybody else, can make decisions like and can figure out. Oh, look, I can build this weapon, and and he shows mercy. It's very Kirk focused. I think that it's a it's a good introduction to his character and how even in the most uncertain of circumstances he still can find a way out yeah uh number four i i picked was devil in the dark i really like devil in the dark and it's another one that's uh kind of against your uh expectations of a, of a show from the seven sixties. you look at uh you look at twilight zone and stuff and oh there's a monster we gotta get it in in this one there's a there's a monster that's hunting everybody down but it's it's this is an episode more about prejudice and it's about Kirk making the decision not to kill this thing. And it turns out that it's just a mother protecting its, its brood. And, uh, I've always liked that, uh, aspect of the show and how it's like, look, this monster of the week isn't a monster. We're the monster. Man is the real monster, which I guess is kind of twilight zone every episode. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's a good, um, example of the thing that the original series does where you you kind of have like these ethical dilemmas and uh you know there there aren't let's say clean answers in to, to anything and and it really does sort of open your eyes to like you were saying um things that may not uh be what they seem you know and and sort of accepting things which are are different so that's that's good. That's obviously something which which people praise Star Trek for all the time, and and it's good to have uh, a nice representation of that on the list. Uh, the next one on my list is a given: City on the Edge of Forever. 
again, I think it's another show that shows that the uh, the original series isn't just. I mean, especially coming off Devil in the Dark, it's not just cheesy special effects and you know, man is the real enemy. It's also another episode that shows Kirk's uh, needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one, which comes in later as being very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six starts the Spock arc. And it just so happened to be that I was just cutting out episodes and then these all just started punching together. Uh, so Spock's arc is the Galileo 7, where he gets... Uh, marooned on a planet and has to take command and makes the hard decisions. And it shows the struggle between logic because, you know, logically, you, you know, you kill these guys, you dump their bodies and then you can fly away. But he has to make peace with the, the human side of him, uh, you know, in wanting to be respectful of the dead and respectful of everyone under his command. And I think that's a great episode to show Spock's character. Yeah, that's that's the first episode of the original series proper that I ever saw. And it really does do a good job of um, presenting Spock's character, regardless of the mythology, but just to get an idea of who Spock is as a person, you know? how like sort of like what uh thought processes govern his, his the choices that he makes in his life um it is sort of a perfect introduction to spock in that way uh the next episode number 7 i have is a muck time uh again another another spock episode where he has to fight between his well it's not really vulcan and human side but his vulcan and his his restrained Vulcan side and his uh, emotional Vulcan side. And it just introduces you to Vulcans in general. And I, I really like that and think that uh, it's necessary knowledge for Spock. I mean, and that's why they wrote the episode, but it's necessary knowledge for the first time viewer of TOS to, to understand where he's coming from and what kind of environment he was raised in. Yeah. Which rolls right into uh, number eight, Journey to Babel, where you do find out how he was raised. Uh, You meet Sarek and Amanda and uh, Spock having to put aside his Vulcan logic to um, relinquish command long enough to get this. He, Kirk is injured and... So Spock's like, I can't do a transfusion for my father because I'm in command and so... Uh, Kirk pretends to be fine long enough for Spock to to finally give in. And I think that's another good episode about Spock and his command style and how they're willing to do things for one another. Kirk knows that Spock needs to save his dad, but is too proud to. And I think it, it really goes to show their, their friendship and how Kirk is willing to sacrifice himself for Spock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the last the last pairing that I have is a bit obvious, but I think that it's it's good in that it it gives the first time viewer the best of Star Trek while not giving them too much. And that's uh Space Seed and then Wrath of Khan. And that's just so I can have Wrath of Khan in there, so I put Space Seed to to lead into it. Um both very good episode movies and i think it really is the culmination of everything that that the previous episode has established that you know kirk is in command he doesn't like to lose but he knows how to make the tough decisions and so does spock and this is about their decisions coming back to haunt them and i I think that it it leaves enough that you're just like oh i want to see more of the original series or more of the movies uh, without ruining some of the also good episodes and also not scaring them away by having, you know, iMud in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good list. I, I, w- I would use that to show people. Because, um, I mean, this is something which people always, uh, it always comes up, you know. I've, I've t- t- had to, to 
deal with this a million times, especially now with the new movies, you know, and people see the new movies and they've never seen any other Star Trek. And you're like, you know what? Go on Netflix and check out this stuff. And the question always becomes like, well, where do you start? Because unlike most modern shows, it's not like you're going to start with episode one and work your way through. You know, you got to really pick and choose really with all the series, except for maybe Deep Space Nine. And um, it, it's it's hard because you need to find something which is going to like appeal to modern sensibilities and then also, you know, represent what this show is on the whole. And uh, yeah, like I have a, a friend at uh, at work and, and uh, when the new movie came out, and, and she's like a big science fiction fan. And, uh, when, when the new movie came out, she's like, I've never seen Star Trek before. I'm like, are you insane? How, how does this happen? You've seen like every episode of the Twilight Zone. You've never seen Star Trek. I'm like, here, here's the list. And I gave her the list and, um, she came back like a week later and she's like, oh, I watched an episode of Star Trek yesterday. And I'm like, really? I'm like, what'd you think? And she's like, oh, it was, it was pretty good. You know, I, I enjoyed it. I'm like, what did you watch? And she's like, well, I I lost the list, um, but uh, I so I, I watched one. It was uh, Spock's brain, <laughs> and I'm like, why would you choose that? <laughs> she just randomly chose it, and I'm like, uh, okay, well, if you like that, then you're good to go. Cause... <laughs> but I don't think she's it... ever watched an episode since. So yeah, I have some friends who decided to to watch some TOS on Netflix and they just went through all the descriptions and just chose episodes based on how ridiculous their descriptions sounded. Yeah. So yeah. they got a pretty good uh uh well-rounded education on probably like what piece not of the to action. Do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, most of the third season, Space Hippies and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I used to get random texts like, "Really? Really?" Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> well, hopefully this will set some people straight. Hopefully all the non-Star Trek fans who are listening to Standard Orbit will. <laughs> yeah, all the non-Star Trek, non-TOS yeah. fans. No, but maybe we can give ideas to people who have been in situations like us where you're trying to introduce stuff to, to others, and and maybe we're wrong. If, you're, if, if you think we're wrong, let us know, you know? We want to hear your lists. All right. Here's my list, if you're ready. Go. Okay. So with my list, like you were saying at the top of the show, I tried to, to do a a full story, you know, from beginning to end. Um, I didn't put them all in chronological order because sometimes, you know, they play better in, in a different order and um, it doesn't really matter for the original series, like you were saying. So number one for me is Arena. Uh, like you were saying, it's one of my favorite episodes of the show um i don't think it's the best episode but it is probably my favorite episode and i do think that it does a really good job of representing pretty much everything that the original series has to offer i think that it's got like a good um sort of like like space-based stuff at the beginning and then at the you know the 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 heart of the episode is kirk fighting an alien on a planet and um Again, you know, you get the whole thing like you were talking about um, with the sort of um, not judging uh, a species by its cover or whatever. <laughs> you know, we think that, it, you know, is when we first see the, the Gorn, you know, he's presented as this big brute type of thing. And yet he outsmarts Kirk for a good portion of this episode. And... um yeah, it's great. It's it's just there's so many things about it. It's cheesy, but in the best possible way. You know, they shoot it at the Vasquez rocks. You know, all, all that <laughs> stuff. It has. It. I mean, like you can pull scenes from that episode and be like, "This is Star Trek." You know, this is this is what the original series was like. So that that that's number one because it's quintessential TOS. And number two same sort of thing but much more uh restrained in a sense that it's all up on the enterprise and and whatnot and that's balance of terror you know there we get to see the space battles and it's also an introduction to the romulans and it also brings in the uh sort of um 
ethical side of things with, you know, the whole, you know, racism and, and Romulans and Vulcans looking alike and, you know, going after Spock because he looks like the bad guy and, and all that stuff. So, um, and, and of course, everyone thinks it's one of the best episodes of the show. So that's my number two. Right. Number three is a muck time. Um, I, I don't have Galileo 7 in there to sort of give uh, a, a really nice um, a portrayal of, of Spock's character before seeing him go nuts, but I think you get that in Balance of Terror in particular. Yeah. Um, and, and Amok Time, I think, does a, a really good job of introducing people to Vulcans in general. Even though you don't see Spock at his best, you do learn about the, the mythology. And... Um, it's 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 really good insight into uh his character as well as Kirk's. Number four, uh here we're getting into um the really classic episodes, the episodes where it's like you gotta show these because if you don't, then what's the point of doing this? You know? It's yeah. like if you're gonna spend all this time introducing people to the series with episodes which are just okay, not that the first three episodes are just okay but you know then it's kind of pointless you got to show what the best that star trek has to offer is and that's why the next episode is city on the edge of forever um even if i hated this episode even if i thought it was the worst episode ever i i would still put it on the list because it is commonly considered to be the best episode ever and i think it's important to show why everyone else loves it you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so so yeah that 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 to me had to be on this list no matter what because it is considered to be the best episode of the show and same thing with with my number five pick which is also um my favorite episode of the show or what i think is the best episode of the show and that's the Spock's trouble with- spring oh <laughs> I'm no, sorry. Not Spock's brain. The trouble with Tribbles. Um for for all the obvious reasons. And also yeah. because like you were saying it it is like a comedy and I think it's important to show that there was this lighter side to uh, the original series and also, you know, Shatner's performance in this is amazing. So the so that's that's the first 5. Now for the the last 5 I don't know. Some of these, well, we shall see. Number six is Space Seed, um, because in addition to being a really good episode, it is the introduction to the Wrath of Khan, which I felt also had to be on the list because everyone thinks that that's, I mean, that's something which crosses over into the mainstream for uh, movie fans. You know, I mean... You've Especially got, nowadays. Yeah, right. You've got people like Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino talking about how The Wrath of Khan is one of the best movies ever made. And I never hear them talk about Star Trek outside of that. You know, I mean, you can go to, you know, the the Music Box Theater here in Chicago or the Gene Siskel Film Center at the Art Institute of Chicago and see screenings of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. And... um it's it's considered a piece of fine art, really. I mean, so is City on the Edge of Forever. but um, So that had to be on the list, also because it's awesome. Now, number eight is going to be a kind of a controversial choice, but maybe not my most controversial choice. And um. that that is Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Now... I don't think that this is one of the better movies. I don't think it's one of the better uh, examples of the original series. But what it is is a a, a plot point. It's a couple plot points, yeah, which make the transition to the next part uh, much easier. Because if you want to show anything that occurs after Wrath of Khan, you need to explain why Spock is alive because it doesn't make any sense. But but at that point in the marathon, you could just have like a a, a title crawl, like like a Star Wars thing, you know, Star Trek Four, whatever. Yeah, Spock 
totally came back, and there's <laughs> nothing for you to worry about. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd, too. Sorry you missed it. <laughs> and that, to me, I mean, that would be... Like, if I were watching that, and all of a sudden he wasn't there, I mean, same thing with Space Seed, you know? I mean, a lot of people talk about how Wrath of Khan is uh, a great introduction to the franchise. Um, I remember, you know, when I was working at the comic book store, there was a guy who was like, Star Trek Two is essentially Star Trek number zero in comic book terms. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a great introduction to the characters, to everything you need to know about Star Trek. And the thing that always bothered me about that was the fact that Khan was a returning villain, you know. We hadn't seen his introduction if you hadn't watched Space Seed, but, I mean, both of us hadn't watched Space Seed, you know. And the thing that... it. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, so you know, it, it, it that, that, that would be fine. But still, the completest in me... Um, wants to see Space Seed first, just like the completist in me wants to know how Spock returned. Because if you lose that plot point, it all falls apart. You know, you need, I mean, the idea of behind this list was if it's a, if there, let's, let's try to make a, let's say that there were only 10 episodes of Star Trek. Let's Mm -hmm. make it work so that, you know, you could put these 10 in this order and it wouldn't feel like there were any episodes which you hadn't seen. You okay. know what I mean? All right. So you need I'll give you that. You need search for Spock in there mainly because of the the Spock intro, but also the other thing which which is there is the Klingons, which up until this point on my list you had only seen in Trouble with Tribbles where they were um comedic in nature. So here you've got evil Klingons and you've got a very strong sense of why Kirk hates them, you know, the death of, of David Marcus spoilers, um, plays heavily into my ninth, uh, episode, which is the undiscovered country. And this had to be on there for me because I do think, um, of of all of the original series crew adventures um with the original series with the original series uh, cast um Star Trek 6 the undiscovered country is the absolute best i also think it's the perfect ending now i mean star trek 2 would have been a great ending you know but then they they had to go and make star trek 6 you know <laughs> which is an even better ending and Maybe it's not a better ending in this sense because you don't have to bring Spock back. But it's a better ending in the sense that um, it's uh, a a good farewell to the entire crew and um, uh, a good final adventure and the best adventure. And and it also sort of uh, shows a lot of character growth on the part of um, the, the original crew. And that, you know, they are moving into the next generation, you know. So so that would be um, my sort of big finale. However, there's one more episode left. Generations. And no. Although, oh. that, I mean, you kid, but I, I <laughs> love generations. And... I know you do. <laughs> but no, no. My my, and I don't think that that would count because I, even though Kirk is in it, he's not like the the main character. So. No, no. Um. So my last my last entry on in this marathon would be Star Trek Oh Nine. Um, because I love it, and I I think it is the single best Star Trek anything ever. I know. Oh. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I'm not sorry, okay? I'm sick and tired of being sorry. I'm sick and tired of qualifying it. I'm sick and tired of doing any of that stuff, you know? I mean, we've been doing this show for how long now? Like 21 weeks. 21 weeks. So, whatever. If people can't accept that, then I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not sorry. It, uh, that This is what I think. This is the best. And, I mean, I could get into why, Um should I get into why? No, no, no it's no. fine. Okay, I think they get it by now. 
All right, yeah. <laughs> it's Star Trek growing up. And uh, I, I think that's really, really, really important. And I do think that it has all that stuff in it that people say is missing that makes it not Star Trek. Whereas Galaxy Quest apparently is Star Trek, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I love it. We'll, we'll get into Star Trek 09 more at some point. Maybe we, we've got the fifth anniversary coming up in May. Maybe we can do a Star Trek 09 it's a big episode one. then. It's a big one. It's a big date. Five years. <laughs> It's big enough that that it's a good excuse to uh, no yeah no, I to, can agree to tackle that. to tackle the that adventure. <laughs> so, so that's my list. So it's a good list. Just for just for uh, a, a recap for for people who want it just clean, you want to read off your list. Sure, my ten episode movie marathon for newbies is the Corbomite Maneuver, the Trouble with Tribbles. Arena, The Devil in the Dark, The City on the Edge of Forever, The Galileo 7, Amok Time, Journey to Babel, Space Seed, and Wrath of Khan. All right, and mine are Arena, Balance of Terror, Amok Time, The City on the Edge of Forever, The Trouble with Tribbles, Space Seed, The Wrath of Khan, The Search for Spock, The Undiscovered Country, and Star Trek. Well, it was fun talking about introducing uh, people to Star Trek today, but that's just uh, one of the Trek topics we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. Futurama Commentary. Shatner is so good in this. I mean, I know it's it's uh, seems weird to say that. It seems weird to say that a guy is good at playing himself. But Shatner excels at that. Earl Grey. Q. We've all got our claws up right now. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he was scared of her. Like, he, he put out his own hand. Did he snap her to death? Was it West Side Story? <laughs> yeah, West Side Story. <laughs> when you're a Q, you're a Q all the way. The Ready Room. Damage. That's what made Archer's next statement so awesome. And I'm not rationalizing anything. I know full well what I'm doing. Yeah. Like he he understands the ethical ramifications that he's taking. He knows what's going to weigh on his conscience now. The orb. Runabouts. It definitely feels more like the old west. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're basically in a covered wagon instead of like a train. But so. a covered wagon that can go warp 5. To the journey. Living witness rewrite. This always messed with me when I was younger like the, the the retinas or the nerve endings behind his eyes are dissolving. That's just messed up. Yeah, what? Warp 5. Malcolm Reed. It almost feels like the writers thought it was fun to just keep throwing facts in and dialogue about him. You know, usually in the show Bible, you want to see people do things and they just say, oh, we'll have, some, we'll have this person say this. We'll have a whole episode about how he loves pineapple, but he's allergic to it. <laughs> Commentary, Trek stars. Robert Hewitt Wolf, River World. But when you end up at the end of your thing... Having gone from, I'm on a beach and I don't know how or why, to, no, don't take the glowing rock and put it in the spaceship. That will destroy the planet, I guess. That is too far too quickly. Melodic tricks. Five musical favorites. And to see the Klingon ship dissolve in, in the lightning effect with that music playing, you know, at loud volumes. It was, it was basically the, a geek's dream. Literary treks. Spock Reflections. And my favorite is when Amanda goes, I will never get used to a Vulcan scolding. <laughs> right. You know, we wouldn't take it as a scolding at all. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream it from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. We have some more feedback from uh, the contact area of the website. First off, we have a message, another message from Colin Higgins. Mm, you got to watch out for that guy. Yes, I, I understand that he is, he is uh, fairly well known around these this here network. Colin says, hi both, just to throw something into the fire in regards to your canon episode. Uh, he's referring to when we were talking about the animated series and whether or not it's canon. Ah, yes. Just because it's animated or not. 
Mm-hmm. He says, Star Trek Online is considered canon by CBS. They have to run story and plot points past CBS to get them approved. The Enterprise F is in-game and is regarded by CBS as canon and therefore the next incarnation of the flagship. Star Trek Online is to all intents and purposes animated. Live long and podcast, Colin. That's interesting. Um, I like the idea of the game being considered canon. Um, it kind of makes me want to play the game. Uh, but yeah, the fact that the game is considered to be canon and the animated series is not um, is straight up ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's canon, quote unquote. I'm sure that there's different layer levels of canon, like there there is or was in Star Wars. I don't, I'm not entirely sure what they're doing now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you want to know what they're podcast. doing now, you can check out this week's episode of uh, Commentary Track Stars Off Topic. <laughs> uh, that's so Robocop. I think is the, is yes, the title of that episode. It, yes. Um, I think that it's interesting that, yes, it's canon because CBS approves, puts their stamp on it. However, the show that Gene Roddenberry and DC Fontana wrote isn't when their canon should be more canon than what this company who bought the company, who bought the company who bought Star Trek originally says. To be fair, you know, like if you were to ask John Van Sitters, and I've seen him, you know, talk about this with people on the internet, you know, he'll be, if someone were to ask him, like, is the animated series canon? His response would be like, do you consider it to be canon? And if you say yes, then he'd be like, then there you go, you know? And he has said, like, officially it's not, but unofficially like, he's not going to argue with us about it being canon. He's going to be like, you guys think it's canon? Good for you. Yeah, and that's the way it should be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, another message we got was from C. Thompson from uh, Utah. And he says, hey, guys, I love the show. I have a question about your opening. Right after the clip, it is the word of Landru. A serene music clip starts. Can you tell me the name of this particular clip? Strange question, I know, but I gotta know. Thanks. It's not a strange question. You would never believe. I mean, do you know how long I've been trying to find the music, the Muzak, which plays in the diner in the first scene of uh, Heart Eight? <laughs> it's been like literally like 15 years. So if anyone knows, it's also the Muzak, which plays in the diner in the first scene of, of Pulp Fiction. If anyone knows, or better yet, if anyone knows where I can buy it or or whatever, if anyone knows Quentin Tarantino and can just flat out ask him, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the answer to uh, C. Thompson's question is uh, Survivors. It's it's from the uh, the super box set original series soundtrack collection, and it's actually from the Cage. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I've heard it a few places here and there since we've started the show. Um, you know, in episodes that I've been watching, I didn't realize it originated in the cage, but that makes sense. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I had to do some research myself. Interesting. But my research was easier, because <laughs> I knew the name of the track. <laughs> so let's tell everybody where they can contact us if they'd like to uh, share their their questions on, on music, which really should be directed toward melodic tracks. Yes. From Colin. Mm -hmm. uh, also found here on the network. But they could also ask us, and we'll ask Colin. And, or uh, you Go can... Go to C-O-L-M-H-1, as Colin would say. <laughs> right? Because that's how they yeah, pronounce it over there, right? They call it a H. I love that. <laughs> I like hearing him say his own Twitter handle. It does make a lot more sense when you think about it. A lot of the... I'm, I mean, I hope he doesn't hear me say this, but a lot of the a lot of the ways that they spell and pronounce things make a lot more sense. Than, Except for than aluminium. Aluminium does not have <laughs> as many letters as they claim it does. Don't believe them. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> or if you want to send us uh, marathon ideas, uh, just go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose to send a show and choose standard orbit. That'll come to both of us by email. You can also use the tab on the right-hand side of any page to send us a voicemail using your webcam's mic microphone. 
They don't say that. Oh, maybe not. Okay. And you could talk to us and other listeners on our forums at track.fm slash forums. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash track.fm and on Twitter under username track.fm. Mike, where can people find you on on the internet? Well, you can find me on track.fm where I do uh, commentary track stars with uh, Max. We're currently... Um, Finishing up our Robert Hewitt Wolf series, and we're about to begin our series on William Shatner as an actor playing himself. <laughs> Which I can't wait for. It's going to be awesome. Um, uh, and you can find me on Twitter at 005, D O U B L E O, no H, F I V E. I couldn't forget. I couldn't remember how to spell five after that point. <laughs> I paused for too long. You can also find me on uh, last week's uh, Ready Room, where you and I talked with Mark Cushman about uh, the Apple. We have some iTunes reviews, this time from Merka. Yeah, Merka. Mm-hmm. We're so good at hockey. No, we're not. I thought we lost. <laughs> uh, yeah, we lost twice. Both oh, well. men and women. Oh, well, okay. Anyway. Uh, this one is by M. Rushing 2 whom I can only assume is Matt Rushing from The Orb and Literary Checks. That guy's L- no good. Literary tracks. That guy's no good at all. <laughs> well, he seems to think we're good. Oh. He well, calls this the standard okay. for TOS podcasts. <laughs> This is the podcast for any Star Trek fan and fans who love TOS. The production is fantastic. Emphasis mine. And the guys know their stuff. They're spelled wrong. I will point that out. (laughs) Download, subscribe, and listen. He'll understand. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Matt. Yeah, Matt. You know, he's been like uh, ragging on Rebels. The new Star yeah. Star Wars. He's like, I, I just hope it's not Disney. I hope it's not too Disney. I don't really like the look of it. The look of Clone Wars is so great. And I'm like, are you nuts? <laughs> They're going back to Ralph McQuarrie. They're going back to like, I mean, they've said that like the style of storytelling that they want to do is like a New Hope. It's like yeah, everything I'll, I'll they're judge it saying by its about this. They got the guy who created Gargoyles running it, and the guy it was created by the guy <laughs> who wrote Mr. and Mrs. Smith. This show is going to be the bomb. And then he posts a picture of his coffee, and he's like, perfection. And in the coffee, I don't know exactly what he was going for here, but it sure looked like uh, the, 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 Rebel, uh, the Rebel's logo on there, the little <laughs> Rebel symbol. So I don't know what he's doing, but, you know. Uh, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for the review. <laughs> <laughs> and check out literary tracks. No, seriously, it's good stuff. Yeah, and the orb, the orb too. Yeah, yeah, the DS Nine show. Mm-hmm. I hear you're on an episode of that. I am. Yeah, a couple episodes. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. I did uh, my reflection on the first season after seeing it for the first time, and oh. uh, we talked about. What is that? Episode Move called? along home. That's it. Move along home. Mm-hmm. And whether or not it would have been awesome had it been an original series episode. It would be awesome in any series because it's awesome. Wish <laughs> <laughs> you were on that episode then. All right. Uh, we've got another one here in the American iTunes store uh, by CB Spock. Ah, yes. Our old friend. Yes. Still alive, old friend. He says, finally, a great original series podcast. Love the show, and I just recently came across the show. The show sounds like a professional radio show. The hosts are knowledgeable about the subject, and their interviews with Mark Cushman have been excellent. Well, thanks, CB. Thanks, CB. CB Spock. I keep, I keep rereading his, his screen name as like CBS Spock. Like, uh-huh. like maybe he's the official, yeah. you know, role playing account, but right. it's not. CB. It sounds like something from like a nineteen uh, thirties, like Howard Hawks uh, screwball comedy. Thanks, oh, yeah. CB. CB. Good CB. <laughs> You'll find him on the piece of the action planet. He's an Iotian, <laughs> right? Is that what they're called, Iotians? Uh, yes. Yes. All right. I'm glad I knew that. All right. You're learning. Yay. <laughs> 
Well, before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps us bring Standard Orbit to you each week. And our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible's the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics and current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Mike, do you have something for everyone? I do. I have uh, something which would probably be on our list had it been expanded into the novels. It's uh, one of the novels which everyone seems to always go crazy over, which I've never actually read myself, and that's Prime Directive. Star Trek mm. Prime Directive, written by Judith and Garfield Reeves Stevens. It says here, um, an audio adaptation by Garfield and Judith Reeves Stevens based on their original novel. So, Oh, it's one of those live-action things with mm, people acting it out? No, it's just James Doohan. Well, it could be. I mean, as we established on the animated series, James Doohan did all the voices on that, right? right. So it could be that. Enhanced with sound effects and original score. Ooh, interesting. Cool. Um, it's abridged, but it's still three hours long, and it sounds like it was abridged by the Reeves-Stevenses, so it could be okay. Um, and uh, here's, here's the description. Um, James Kirk's failure to obey the Prime Directive has reduced a planet to a post-nuclear horrorscape, or is a far more sinister force at work. Featuring I read this one. You have, okay. Featuring a dramatic reading by James Doohan and, and enhanced with sound effects and original score. And you can get this book for free on audible.com since you're a listener to Trek FM. That's right. You can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see how great Audible is. Give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And we thank Audible for supporting Standard Orbit and Trek FM. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keep Standard Orbit coming to you each week, and that's by adopting some aliens. Well, il illustrations of aliens, really. If you go to trek.fm slash donate, you'll find eight original alien illustrations by Toby Ushi who does most of the artwork you can see on our website. They're available as both badges and art prints, and there are different contribution levels for you to choose from. Just let us know which you would like and which format. Again, you'll find them at trek.fm slash donate, and your support helps us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each week. Well, that was fun, mar marathoning. Yeah, we have to do it again. We'll have to come up with a different type of marathon some sometime. Yeah. Let us know if uh, anybody uses our lists to introduce their friends to Star Trek, the original series. Yeah. Let's see how that works. And then turn them on to the show. Mm -hmm. Full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a good week and keep on trekking. It is the will of Landrew. Mr. Chekhov, take us out of orbit. Ahead, walk factor one. Hi, sir. 